welcome to the Car Sim and Race Driver Show, presented by Hugh Hattrick. Drive fast and try not to crash. Good evening, and you're not watching Bob the Builder, you are indeed watching the Car Sim and Race Driver Show, with me, Hugh Hattrick, and my very special guest here and co-host it is Andrew Marr. Other builders are available. Of course. <laughs> and Jonathan Sullivan. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello, John. Hello. Hello. Are you French? Today is this, uh, Hello. Hello. I would like you to smoke me a keeper and uh, then I'll be back for the breakfast, no? <laughs> That's the French. You have version. not tuned in to the wrong show. Do not readjust your set. Bonjour. Je m'appelle Jean. Bienvenue Voiture simulator et rest driver show. Put an arm bent. I can't afford the subtitles. So. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show. Now tonight, although we don't have uh, maybe perhaps a sim racing legend on the show, but we do have lots of banter and lots of great news coming up. And we do have our resident real racing driver. That's right. Jonathan has a racing license. Yes. <laughs> So we've yeah. got the fat racing driver, uh, the real yeah. racing driver, and the not racing driver. Yeah, the real, I'm a real racing driver. Yeah, my favourite quote from when I did two races 14 years ago or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only way. I'm watching too, so I better quickly put a message. So we are going to be talking about Hugh Hattrick Racing League because that was one of the big ideas that came across on Monday's uh, gaming live stream. Thanks to Keith, <coughs> to Luke, and to James, I think it was, and to all the guys that were... <laughs> I can't even remember. Um, that, uh, that we should be having a tank slapper on that four-wheeled motorbike that you were driving. Exactly. I know that really annoyed you. I could tell that was going to come does. comments. But yes, <laughs> so what we're going to do tonight is to find out how on earth do we create a racing league? But we've got some ideas as to how it's going to happen. So your comments would be hugely um, appreciated to all who are watching all around the globe. And let's get this show on the road, as they would say. Now, we've also got some very exciting news because on Saturday morning at half past ten, good evening, Ant. Hello, Ant. We will be hosting. Uh, it's going to be a recorded show. Annie, who is aka Snail Racing, another female sim racer who is so busy doing sim racing that that was the only time she could fit me in. So we're going to be having that. It will be out on the on on the. I'll be uploading it onto my YouTube channel on Saturday afternoon. It's just a short interview, but I guarantee you, it's going to be great. She's been at Knockhill racing proper real racing cars as well. Yes, I noticed that she's got into a proper car. She's yeah, just, so what we, it is, she's heard that we had a real racing driver. She got jealous and she decided she'd try and get one as well. Yeah, exactly. So Annie from Steel She'll be coming on the show. Well, she'll be we'll be doing a special interview with her on Saturday. So look out for that um, when it comes on on Saturday afternoon. And the second big, 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 big story that we've got. David Perel. You might just uh, although the lighting isn't great. He is coming on the show. <laughs> <laughs> On, it's going to be at the end of September. Well, uh, what's the date today? Today is the 17th. 17th. Two weeks time. 17th. So is that the 1st of October? I think it is. Or the 31st of no. October. 1st of October. Or the 31st of September. 
Well, two weeks time. Time. No 31st of September, Hugh. Oh, no, we're not paying any attention at school when no, we did months. It's the 1st of October, and, and, and which is two weeks. days of September, unless you're in Scotland. Yes. 1st of October, make sure you're listening, because we will have David Perrell on the show. And we will also have one very, very special piece of his merchandise to give away on the show. So you want to make sure that you're on the show watching that and tell all your friends about it because you'll be able to ask David all sorts of questions and it should be a fantastic evening of motor racing, motorsport and sim, uh, sim questioning. So, ah, Keith is there. I told you that five minutes ago. Yes. No, I'm saying the comments are finally oh. coming through, which is great. So we are looking at the Hugh Hattrick Racing League. Now, I did think we could call it the Fat Man in a Cheap Sim Trophy, or, uh, <laughs> or the <laughs> but that might offend people who are who are who might win it who aren't fat. So offend the thin people. That's true, and racing drivers tend to be thin. So um, that's what we have to watch. Not in NASCAR, they don't. NASCAR, no. they can be pretty chunky. Montoya went to NASCAR. And look at him. That's it. Yeah, he's got a beard now. And he, was he, had, he, was real, he was always a bit chubby, wasn't he? But, um, but there we have it. So this means this means that we have to get a PS4 for Mr. Marr up there. So as the news is coming out very soon, we are hoping that maybe <clears> perhaps one of our viewers might sell us a second-hand PS4 nice and cheap so we can get it to Andrew because we're going to be commentating. That's even a cheap, man. I fancy him in a cheap man. You put the PS4 on the, on, a, on like a chair, you sit down too quick, it suddenly becomes a fancy him in a cheap man. Yeah, no? yep. so that's the one. Yes, so what it is, it's Hugh Hattrick is trying to get me into it. You see? Well, you have to, if you're going to commentate on it, you have to have the equipment. You have to have a PS4 with the Gran Turismo game so I can put you in a lobby and then you can speak through and comment. Well, I'll be able to make some intelligent comments about how rubbish I am now. <laughs> now, Lucas said sim racers can get away with a few extra pounds, which is true. And to be fair, David Perrell, when I last interviewed him, said that in some of his races... Perrell. It is the Prell, Prell. Well, <laughs> sorry, carry on. It's just but, um, perils of being <laughs> David Perrell's like, but, um, David uh, Perrell, but when he gets really angry, he needs a gun. So it's um, but yeah, they were saying that in in his class of racing, some of the drivers are actually quite overweight. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's, <laughs> there's a chance that I, that I said, well, would it would somebody like myself um, of let's say greater weight be able to drive a racing car <laughs> in, in in the gt class and blanc pain and he surprisingly said yes and um, there are already people who are fatter than me so that was it <laughs> that was the thing um you know if you're if you're obviously a friend of mine that is from near auburn used to say that people were built for comfort not for speed but, <laughs> but in the case of sim racing that's just not true then is it yeah yeah you can get a a, a, a racing sim to fit your Fit your size, isn't it? That's the thing now. But um, but there you go. Especially for so, America. <laughs> <laughs> Can so, you get bariatric sim seats? You know, because for very very fat sim races, <laughs> you know, we have these bariatric ambulances, and all the hospital equipment from in America has to be specially strong. You get a bariatric sim seat 
which can maybe take up to maybe 300 kgs. <laughs> you can have, you can have everything built in. You can like have a little ordering thing from McDonald's. You could have a, a chiller underneath for your Cokes and all that well, kind of stuff. For my one, I'm going to make sure that my, my Simon has a huge, proper full-size Coke kind of um, dispenser or just yeah you can have it on tap have a, a fountain you just, so you you just have a big straw so yeah. i bought a plastic canoe a big one for the me and the kids um we used to go paddling around the the lakes in north wales and it was great because it was almost indestructible and it had lots of seats and this kind of stuff but the thing about it that i thought i bought it from america and it had eight cup holders it's a canoe it's an open <laughs> And it had eight cup holders. It's like the only thing that could make this better is if somebody had sent me an F-150 Ford pickup with it, you know, that would have been perfect. So presumably American sim rigs have got multiple levels of cup holders. That'd be fantastic if you could build one of those. I mean, uh, uh, Taya's got like lots of different gear sticks, hasn't she? Yeah. Well, yeah. French version, isn't it? <clears throat> Maybe, I don't know. But Rose is right my That's why I've got so many different but you know things to pull and press well the, the the french version could have a little patisserie oven in it or something like that or maybe a you know a, a garlic storage net underneath the seat <laughs> stuff like that oh, yeah. this is a charcuterie this is a... <laughs> and then no. the place seat germany the, the german ones could have a sort of beer stein on the side ah. of it and a, a, a rack for your off. sausages dunkelbier schwarzbrot <laughs> <laughs> Who, who knew that our, our that your co-presenter had such lingual skills? That's incredible. Well, I'm, very, very I'm, flu I'm fluent in French. He's fluent in German. It's amazing. Uh, not so much fluent. My Deutsch is Keith, I don't know if you noticed in the comments, Keith has said that his car only has six cup holders. Although actually now he's saying that it might be eight. And he lives in Arizona, in America. So you need, you need a pickup truck, which is at least... People in America are thinking of taking the, the Michael, which I kind of am, because we need a laugh. However, they're built for comfort, which yeah. is why they've got to have a massive big engine, because when you're going 3,000 miles on a road trip, instead of like 20 miles down to your local chippy, um, you need something that just goes waffles along. I would like to know, to, uh, uh, ask Keith why he needs more than six cup holders in his car. I mean, what is it? Is it a is it a bus or a, a minivan, or is it a, a two door sports car? What? How do you need so many cup holders? <laughs> yeah. Oh, what you see? Need more. How can you need more than eight? <laughs> if I can somehow bring this back to some racing, I want Who? to know. Sorry, technical question of Keith. It, are any of them chilled? Are there any of them refrigerated? Because if they're not, that's the next thing. Doesn't Keith live in Arizona? Mm, yeah, but it's very hot in Arizona. Exactly. So, Everything's going to be chilled there, or you die. That uh, I'm sure he will comment and let us know. But, uh, no, so for all of you. <laughs> there you go. Soda water, bottled water, wife's water, friends' water. There you go. You, you need lots <laughs> and lots of water. There you are. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, not come okay. up yet on my on my. No chills. But, uh, that's it. All right, here we are. Oh, wait, so no chills here. <laughs> well, that's very good. So, if we're going to start a uh, Hugh Hattrick Racing League, who, who would like to be in it? Because obviously, we're. I know that Keith was saying he'd be quite keen, and potentially Luke and a few others as well. 
But would any of my co-hosts like to be in it? Jonathan, would you like to be in the racing league? <laughs> I was expecting... Well, Jake, I know. The trouble is, we race all the time. We've raced in Sims. Well, certainly race racing computer games here for about 20, 25 years. You are so much better than me. <laughs> that's just, that's why he wants me involved. It's like, yeah, I definitely won't come last, is what he's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put your mind to rest, Jonathan. Um, if I'm involved, you won't come last. <laughs> okay, let's, let's, we need to get Rue uh, a, a PS4 then. Yeah, for, uh, so that is the mission, is to get Rue a PS4. So that's if it. anyone... Uh, um, Lucas said he definitely wants to be in there, um, which is fantastic. So we'll have to figure out a time of day when we can all do it, and we will start this special lobby, um, and then we'll be able to do it. Now, the, the, the idea was perhaps we should do like four weeks in a row, uh, maybe at the weekend or something like that. Now, I know obviously, Jonathan, with your schedule, we'll have to see what we can, how we can fit you all in. Um, but, uh, but I think that would be quite exciting. And obviously, what tracks would we want now, this is where our viewers can come in to play. What would be your favourite track? I know for one, Dragon Trail would be one of mine. Yeah, I like Dragon Trail. Yeah, yeah, the Chicane of Death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I would quite like Brands Hatch as well. Yeah. Brands Hatch would be a really good one. Are these all your best tracks, Hugh? <laughs> <laughs> I pick, having watched it on Monday, I pick Laguna Seca. <laughs> what happened on Monday? Uh, oh, it was it was fun. It, it was, was a bit of a. It was, it was, it was a mixed fortunes. fortunes. Mixed fortunes, would you say? Yeah, but I won the a race on Tuesday then. Oh, and oh I right, well, I missed that. <clears throat> but he would he would do really well. <clears throat> there would be some cheating people. He tried a different. There were two types of Porsches. There was the uh, the nine nine one, I think, mm -hmm. and the old nine nine three, which was a bit tail happy slappy. Yeah, which he found out the hard way by trying to go in a straight line and the car refusing to want to. <laughs> he was like, hey, wait, 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 come on, wait, wait, wait. Uh, yeah, and he was doing really well. And then he would understeer, because he entered the corkscrew uh, too shallow, he would understeer straight across the corkscrew and then five people would go past him. Yeah, like, but 911s do okay. understeer. Those things understeer. Yeah. I didn't do my time quite a bit on Tuesday. Um, I did a bit of practice and also yesterday. I think they were a bit more famous for what we used to call snap oversteer, which is why mm. in early uh, car magazines they were called the Widowmaker. Yeah, but then they, on the 997s, they dialed in so much understeer that it was just, it, you could balance it out with massive power. But um, yeah, it wasn't the nicest car to drive at sort of 90%. Which is incredible. If you think about, that Porsches are meant to be famous for the front end feel and 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 grip, you know, darting because yeah. it's yeah. light and unimpeded by too much weight over it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely we're going to say. And now we've also had from Luke he was saying, would the North Slice be on the cards just to give a challenge? Yes. <clears throat> I think we should use the North Slice, but in a terrible car. <laughs> Nine. You, know, <laughs> you need a bathroom break there, John. You know, I don't, I, I, this this four hundred corners. How on earth are you meant to learn that? I mean, easy. Yeah, I think we to Jackie Stewart. You live just down the road from him, or something, maybe. Doesn't he? I'll get Jackie down. Yeah, actually, he's in the next door flat. Actually, honestly, Jackie. He was the Regenmeister, and he was the master of the the Nordschleife. So, 
He may have been, but I'm not. Where Ken Tyrrell was talking about how good he was, and then it had him doing a lap at the Nordschleife. And it's like, I mean, when you're doing your sim stuff, how often have you got enough concentration left over if you're really trying to have a chat like it's a normal conversation? And this fella, in the days when you used to have to change gear and do the brakes and everything yourself, there's no computers. <laughs> It's just you did it, and there's trees, and you're doing 175 mile an hour in a Tyrrell. Yeah, I know. It was he's, This wasn't yeah. like dubbed over afterwards. This is him in the car yeah. telling you, yeah, for the pine trees. And he was dyslexic as well. So he had, so it was all, but yeah, he could remember every corner and do the whole thing. But no, that, that was the thing. So I think we should do the North oh, thing. Even better. But for that car, we should choose something really, really slow. Yeah, I remember they used to have those pedagio things, you know, those really funny old, like the kind of Indian tuk tuks type, you know, things like that would be quite, that would be quite, quite fun round the North Slipper. Um, you know, <laughs> it'll take about three hours. You are insane. Yeah, I think, I think that one might have to be like the old Fiat 500s. Like, like it's yeah. like what? Oh, oh, yeah, the gold cars. Yeah. That's a cracker. That's a cracker of an idea. What do, you, yeah. what do our viewers think of that? The go-kart, because there is a go-kart. It's the first thing you win when you do GT Sport, when you start to do some of the tests. I um, of a go-kart did like 140 mile an hour. They do have a kind of supercar thing. Yeah. Um, but that yeah. would be, that would be because you get quite a lot of slipstreaming. And also it would handle the, it's a wee bit wider. So you would actually be able to overtake. So you know, I think that might help because um, it's obviously quite narrow. So you've got a chance that you could overtake. And if you don't, you're going to end up in the trees. <laughs> but um, I think that would be something else. The go-kart race at the North Slifer. Let me just one lap. Not for the first one, surely. You could do that on April the 1st or something. April the 1st, you could do uh, go-karts at North Slifer. April the 1st. It's all okay now. Now, Keith said we need to use a different car at each race. At each race. So um, you can have a go-kart, a single-seater, a GT3, and a Samba bus. Yep, I remember that. You can get the Samba bus. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think what's all available on Gran Turismo, to be fair. Uh, but there's a, there's a wide, wide variety. In fact, I think we should do the Golf GTI, because you can do the, the, the Mark One Golf GTI. And that's available on, on Gran Turismo. Now, it's quite good though, but it's really nice handling and it's quite fun. I think on it, like on, we can maybe you do that at Goodwood. The Goodwood circuit would be quite good for that because it's quite, it's not too long. Get a Corrado, G60 Corrado, they're good. Yeah, I don't know if they had them. Um, oh, on GT Sport. 160 horsepower, torque from naught to 7,000 RPM. Oh, yeah. Clever little supercharger. It's got a now, word. I've been having a little word. Um, with a few people as well who would like to come and be part of the league. And there is a possibility of some quite, or well, one, something, one big name joining the league as well. So that Damien Hill. No, somebody to aim for, I was going to say. But, um, but what <laughs> we're really I've seen you <laughs> when you're angry. But, um, but yes, um, the good old, good old Rory, um, who we were talking to on Monday um, on our gaming show as well, um, had said that he would be right up for that too. So we could have some big names. I'm going to try and press others as well, like Josh Martin um, and a few other kind of sim racing 
people, maybe maybe Taya might come in for a race. That would be quite fun if we could get Taya to come alongside and to provide some professional racing as well. That would be pretty good. So what what is the what is the theory behind the Hugh Hatchett Racing League, Hugh? Is it for fun or is it to make people getting better or just get the get the group of people, your followers together and uh, yeah, get, I think get racing? It's part of the community. Um, you know, to help reward the community that, that who are supporting us to be able to have fun and race together and also have some of the bigger names who are the more professional drivers as well, who have made you know, the bigger YouTubers um, to come in and have a shot um, and uh, really to kind of put it all together and see how we get on um, and to see if there will be who can win. You can never know. We could put some of these bigger guys under pressure um, and see what happens. Um, yeah, quite a lot of pressure already, you know, because with the weight. <laughs> But um, no, I think it would be great fun. And these guys. So you want like, to try and get the, the the big the big names, the, the, the David Perrells, the Rorys, the Taylors, and all the, all the other people that you've interviewed. You want to get them all racing together. Yes. Right. Okay. And you you'll be the cause rather like you're the hub, you know, with all the interviews and all the biographies you do and some racing. You actually want to get people to race with each other as well. That's yeah. yeah I can see that. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm not sure they're going to going to want to do go karts around the Nordschleife, but uh, it's not like a good idea. <laughs> Well, the fast ones would be quite good because they, they've done. They did a go kart race recently. Now, where was it they did it? I'm trying to remember where it was, and it was quite fun actually. Um, oh. Really, they've got a little go kart track. Everyone's it, been playing Grand Turismo in the last few weeks. I'm sure they did um, a go kart race on one of the one of the weekly events, and it was it was quite a short circuit. It wasn't Brands Hatch, but it was one of the ones. Was it Suzuka East? It may have been Suzuka East. And and I think that would work quite well. To be fair, knock hill on that thing. No, they don't. I'm afraid you have got to get project. Knock hill's fantastic. Knock hill's got like hard. a one in one hill, uh, with a bend and grass and it's like a proper old fashioned circuit where if you get it wrong, you hit something. A lot of fog and quite a lot of snow about this time of year as well. I mean, it's up there. Oh yeah, blooming me now. Keith is saying we could do an exhibition series, so that could have all the top drivers in it. Um, and uh, along with some of our community as well. Um, and then we could do our own um, kind of championship series with points. So that could be more for the community and people like yourself, um, Jonathan, and, and you, Andrew, as well. And we could all have a go, or, you know, I would commentate, and you and I could commentate, we'd figure out how we're going to do it. Um, and then in turn, so you've got the pro, kind of the pro guys having good fun and teaching us all how it's done. And then we might you know, challenge them here and there as well. Um, and then we could have our main championship, which, as you say, would have points and we could mm. have a trophy. Or you could get a fat man in a cheap sim cup um, and put it uh, for the them anyway. Oh, I've told you. <laughs> you might uh, hopefully won't have too long a wait for one of those to come. But that sounds that sounds pretty good. So so I think we're getting together then with the, the races that we want to do, which is excellent. And uh, oh. How about Spa Frankfurt? in a cheap sim endorsed by Fat Trevor and his bus. <laughs> we might have to get that library on a few of the cars. That would be that would be quite fun, actually. But <laughs> we'll see how we get the on. Fat Trevor Cup. That's what it could be called. The Fat the Trevor Fat Cup. Trevor Cup. Ah. Like Fat Man in a cheap sim cup, because that's just ridiculous. That's one of your big, long, silly names that you come up with, like the Car Sim and Race Driver Show. What does that even mean? Fat Trevor Cup. Because I it sounds like a completely mad idea. In fact, Trevor is completely mad, so that's great. The hat, the hat trick cup. And if you win three, you get a hat trick hat trick. 
Yes, I'm going to come up with three I'm going to come up with three gifts with you, isn't it? From cars? You could win a Dacia Sandaro. A model. But, you know, from the Renault garage. Yeah, exactly. There's just a little Sandaro comes out. Not anymore from the Alpina garage. Oh, Hugh, I've got a present for you. I need to give it to you. I'll just go and get it. I can't give it to you through the computer. What is a surprise guest? Oh, sorry, a prize. Let's see what that's going to be. Oh, now, if you have any questions as well for us or for Andrew or for Jonathan, because um, we have had we've been following motorsport for over 30 years, really since the early 90s. Um, we've been watching Formula One and all of all that. <laughs> so we'll do our best to answer. Oh, look. Oh, you Whoa! Got Is it a bag? Where did you get that from? Your head? Is it a- it's for you. You can keep it in your car. And when you go shopping, it's going to look just, just <laughs> oh, the business God. with your with Dacia. Your Dacia, um, <laughs> or whatever it is, tote bag. There you are. It could be a, gr- a great prize for the Kesards. Yeah. <laughs> I'm honoured to receive that gift. <laughs> All right, now. This is your, this is your prize. <laughs> no, that was going to be off. They're going to turn off straight away. Never do. <laughs> 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 there we are. So now we've got James in exile all the way from New Zealand. The Hatchet Cup, first person to win three races back to back, is the champion. That could go on forever, he says. (laughs) 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 The first person to get to an entire race with zero damage. (laughs) (laughs) On beauty sport, they don't actually do damage. They kind of get patches here and there. But that's a bit. Stopping it out. So. Now, the big question that has come from this is um, Keith wants to hear about Jonathan's racing experience. Oh, no. no. <laughs> Tell us how you beat K-Mag to that first corner in one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, um, okay, John, it's over to you. Well, I think I just split up with a girlfriend, and I thought, I'm going to prove her wrong. I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to become a real racing driver. So um, I decided I wanted to do it for ages. I'd paid off my um, initial debts from when I started to learn to fly. So um, I had a bit of spare cash, and it was a couple of thousand pounds. I think to do the was it a five-day course at Silverstone, an intensive course, um, in order to get your ARDS license. So um, I, uh, I I signed up, sent the check off. I was all quite excited. Uh, booked the hotel up, um, the Travel Tavern up by uh, Silverstone, and then on the first two days, it was mainly just a lot of ground school stuff. And then we, I think we did a little bit of work in the cars, a little bit of skid trial stuff. But Hugh came down, I think, for the last two days, was it? I came down on the Wednesday afternoon. All the way on the Wednesday, there. right. So you came down halfway through the, the, the middle of the course. And that's yeah. actually when it got a bit more interesting. Um, but uh, it was towards the middle of the course when uh, Jan Magnussen turned up. And we're like, oh, it's Jan Magnussen, because we remembered him from when. Was he the guy they almost set fire to in the car? Or was that, no, that's Verstappen. Verstappen. Sorry, <laughs> completely com- totally wrong guy. And, um, yeah, his son, Kevin, who really was... I mean, he was quite precocious, but he's really small little guy, wasn't he? He was quite yeah, tiny, quite, was quite tiny, tiny, but he was he was in a league of his own with the, you know with the, with the rating. Um, yeah. Anyway, we got split up into a couple of groups, and uh, well, before that, actually, we did the, the time trials, and they talked us through. Then we went to Lotus Exige on the south circuit of um, Silverstone, and then that was to get our our actual tests to do the arts test. So you get in the car, the instructor, you go around, and then they instruct you how to go around. Then kind of each lap, they tell you less and less 
until eventually for the last two laps, they don't tell you anything at all. And you've got to, um, to drive the car as fast as possible and then they assess you. And that's it, you've passed at that point once you've done the exams. Uh, and then the next day we went into the two races, which were at the Stowe circuit, which um, is kind of in the middle of Silverstone. It's quite a small track, uh, really almost too small even for the Formula Fords, but I suppose you couldn't do too much damage out there. And um, you know, there's a couple of races, a bit of qualifying, a bit of practice. I spun under a yellow flag at one point. So uh, I got uh, my practice uh, curtailed, much to my annoyance. Um, but amazingly, I managed to finish in third place in my first ever race, uh, second for quite a lot of the time, and I uh, got, got third. I think in the second race, I don't think I came third, but I was towards the front, I think, maybe well, fourth I think or fifth. I think you came fifth. Was I fifth? Yeah, yeah. It, but I started really quite a long way down, didn't I? So Because yeah, um, it, it was a reverse grid. It might have been a reverse grid. So I managed to get through to, to fifth, which is pretty good. And then I thought, well, I better do some more racing, but... Quite soon after that, I moved up north with work um, to fly a different type of aeroplane. And um, there's no racetracks up here. <laughs> so, so, there's not hill, but it was all covered in snow. So I never really got around to it. I did renew <laughs> renew my license two years ago, though. Um, yeah. So it is, it is current again. So I, I could, could go racing. But as I said, I've only ever done two races. So, yeah, didn't do much with it as I should. It's quite expensive as well. A1's a racing track. What happened with the uh, your your um what's the word I'm looking for phrase you know your your sort of oh you so my, my 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 mantra with racing which yes. is to always try and win the race at the first corner yeah yes. that that that's my motto that's the yeah story. that's the story it's no good just saying that you've got it we know you've got it that, that um, yeah why what where did it come from. Well, because throughout the entire um, ground school, the instructor, Steve, was telling us, now remember, don't win the race at the first corner. There's no point. It's all about getting into the corner slow and getting out of them fast. And at the end, he said, so all of you, what can you take away from the <laughs> from from the three days of lessons that I've given you today? And I said, I think what you've got to try and do is win the race at the first corner. <laughs> and he just went, he just went, oh, <laughs> But gentlemen, you, you can see why we all get on so well because we're all absolutely crazy. <laughs> but to be fair, I was watching it live and, and you're on the Stowe circuit. And I remember it because the, before you had your main races, I think it was the day before, I remember that it was the morning before the race on Saturday morning because it's quite early on that you were racing. You had to do a practice start. Um, I think actually it was the day before you had to do a practice start. And the big thing was that if you crashed, during your practice start, that was you out. Um, they wouldn't allow you to race the next day. And that was more nerve-wracking than anything to watch because you had the full grid. I think there was at least 12 of you in each race. Um, and you were starting third. Um, and they had to go through all the bits, like, you know, the five-second board, yeah. the five-second board, the whole thing. And then you would, you know, you're lined up on the grid, the lights went on. I can't remember if it was just, was it five lights on and then off, or was it just, it was just red and green? Um, I can't quite remember. I think, it was just, I, think it just, I think the light just went off. One light red, and I think it just went off, and that was it. Well, did they yeah. drop a flag? I can't remember. You can't. You actually remember more of it than I do, to be honest. Because I remember trying to watch it and trying to commentate on it. Because remember, you gave me <laughs> a camera to try and do it, and I was and I couldn't really see where you were going because it was kind of far on the other side. Um, but um, but yeah, but that was the most nerve wracking thing, hoping that you would actually get through the first corner because you had to get to the first corner and go round it and then slow down um, without hitting anybody or someone taking you off. Um, but to be fair, you managed that. 
and then on the first on the first race on that Saturday morning, which was an official race day as well, you were part of a motor racing um, calendar in effect. That day, you know, other there were other races on throughout the day at Stow at Stow, whatever they call it, however they pronounce it, um, and you had two races there. So it, it was, was. Great. That, and um, that, that was it. And that was your right. yeah. yeah car thirteen. That was it. Aye, aye. Well, that, that was the thing. And then yeah. when you started, you started third, and then you actually got the, um, the guy in second, um, and you went up to second place, and you held him off for a good few laps. And eventually he got past, but considering he was a professional racing driver, um, that you know you did pretty well to, to keep him behind you. Um, and then you finished third for your first ever race. It was fantastic. Was but that we, we grew up in the Scottish borders here. That's where we learned to drive, you know, so Stowe Circuit was nothing really, wasn't it? And you weren't and when they did qualifying, you weren't that far off the second place man. And I remember the main instructor came across and said, Well done, John. That's a good, well well deserved third place for your qualifying. Um, he was that, very surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Given a little, a little attention I'd paid throughout grand school. Yeah. So no, it, it is quite something. But you see, but that's the thing because you know we all. That's why I think we all love sim racing so much, or you know, kind of having a go because sim racing allows us to to kind of have a bit more, kind of be closer to the action. And if you're a, a, a big racing fan, then it's more likely that you're going to want to do you know anything that can allow you to get closer to the action. Is, is a great thing. And with sim racing, it's brilliant, isn't it? You know, the yeah. better the sim rig. Better the Sorry? I'm saying that if you are the action in the sim racing. Yeah, yeah, we know, but that's it. But that's why I think we love it so much because, you know, we all, in our early young lives, we all thought, oh, yes, we'd love to be a racing driver. And, you know, and we, we all thought we could do that. Um, but realising very quickly that we couldn't. Um, and so now we know this is our, our kind of second, our, our second chance at our livelihood, isn't it, to have a go on a, on a sim. Um, and enjoy playing all these, you know, driving all these incredible tracks, driving these great cars. And the more, um, you know, the more better, the better they get, the more, you know, the more realism it has. And, and, and it's all great fun. Um, now, there's big news because the PS5, we've had more news about that. It's coming in November. In fact, I think 12th of November, there's going to be two versions, one without a disc and one with a disc. Okay. Yeah. And one is about £350 or thereabouts, and the other one is about £450. So, yeah, it's actually, I, I thought it might be more expensive, to be fair, because I thought, um, you know, with the new technology and things like that that's coming out. I'm not entirely sure. I have to say I'm not a, a, an IT expert. So it would be interesting from our viewers' point of view um, as to what's the difference, because surely if you buy the one that doesn't have the disk drive, how are you supposed to make the games work? I mean, I know a lot of them are through downloads, <laughs> But I know it sounds like a basic question, but um, and this is the car sim and race cyber show, and we need basic answers. So, is it, you know, well, presumably the, the new games don't need discs. I mean, it's as simple as that. It's all done with solid state memory, and and uh, it just yeah. keeps, it keeps it on either on the cloud or um, you just have a game key, but that's a Steam key or something, whatever it is, and then you can just uh, access it like that. And is the one with the disc drive then the only reason you'd have that is so you can use PS4 games on a PS5, perhaps? I don't know. Yeah, I think they are supposed to be. Download games, because you can do that with the others, can't you? You can contact the PlayStation Store and buy buy the game online. Yeah, I mean, some games are giving you, if you've got the one on PS4, they'll give it to you free on PS5. Um, I think some of the, one of the rally games Dirt Rally or one, one of the rally games I think was doing that. But a lot of the big kind of um, army games, shoot 'em ups, um, are probably not going to do that. 
Um, but so I don't know about Grand. I imagine GT Sports or GT Seven when it comes out, you'll probably have to pay for that. I would have thought. Um, but they might transfer your gaming record from. They did that before. You could. Oh, you know, I don't want the, mine transferred. Thanks. That's <laughs> fine. That, I, I want to leave that behind. I, I want a fresh. I want a fresh start. So yeah. you're one of these guys that wants the revolution. Come the revolution. Uh, Hugh, we were having a little bit of gaming the other night, and maybe a week ago. And he watched me do a race, and he was very good. He's a very good instructor. As long as you don't beat him, he's very good. As soon as you stop beating him, he gets quite unhappy. But um, as long as you're slower than him, he's excellent. And he's, he, it, was, it was a Red Dwarf thing. I know people maybe don't know Red Dwarf, but he said, oh, I'll look up on Qdos or whatever it is and see your gaming record. And he just went, oh. Oh, dear. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I was like, what? What's wrong? Is it really bad? Really bad. He says, um, yes. Um, well, never mind. Um, I'm sure you'll be fine. And he, <laughs> he just, <laughs> I can't remember how many points you had. Was it about, it was about seven or eight thousand, was it not? It was seven thousand, but that yeah. was after 10 years of gaming. And you said you've got, <laughs> even on your secondary account, which had two months, you got 20,000 or something. So, yeah, it's obviously absolutely <laughs> appalling at this game. <laughs> to answer a question um, from Keith, it was a which one, or oh, sorry, from Luke, as to which version we're going to get. I think I'm going to get the one probably with the disk drive so that I can play the, the other games on it as well. I think it might just be worth getting the one that's going to be perhaps possibly a bit better. Um, At than point Q, you're going to have three PlayStations. So what are you going to do with all the other ones? Well, I might give one to. I, if I, can't, I know, I was going to say, if I can't find a cheap. A cheap PS4, then I, you might be getting our old one, Andrew. That uh, you'll, you'll be getting it sent to you with all. So the you get a huge sim racing record on it. You might get that on it. I'll be getting, no. I'll be getting hassled. We'll be like Every, everything oh, will be cleared. I want to beat you. <laughs> but um, but at least you have a chance. Somebody took trash. It's just roboting it. Roboting a little bit. You're roboting a little bit, and maybe the Welsh internet. Is your oh, you can see us yeah, it's, it's fast and fantastic. So there we are. So yes, um, no, uh, you'll get you'll probably get my old one potentially unless I can get another one beforehand, and we'll see how it goes. But I have to say I am looking forward to the new GT Sport because it's supposed to be a revelation compared to the current one, which is pretty good overall, um, and that be the thing. Now an interesting question as well that we've had although not on the comments, but one I got earlier on from one of our viewers, was an update on the penalty system. I'm sure this is going to get everyone going. Um, because is it actually working? Because it, what happens is now, you know, if you touch someone, it's quite likely you will get a major penalty. Um, the only issue is sometimes it goes wrong, and if somebody else hits you and you go <clears> off, and then you get the penalty, which is not great. But a lot of people have been saying that if you keep things clean, then the new penalty system actually works quite well. So therefore, maybe it is actually working. Now, I, I would love to hear the comments from our viewers. What do you think is the new penalty system actually working? Um, and to Jonathan as well, I know obviously you play the game um, a bit like myself. Do you think the new penalty system is working a bit? Um, well, it seems to be that if someone touches you from behind, you get a penalty sometimes. So from that point of view, I don't see how that can possibly be fair. Do they but I suppose you, you, just, you just have to play with whatever penalty system there is. They, the algorithm is obviously designed to, um, uh, as it is. But it seems that people will learn exactly how to tap you, so you get a penalty. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's the thing. And uh, um, James is saying, uh, was hoping that GT7 would be released at the time of the play PS5. You know, that would be that would be good. And he says he likes the current system. Don't touch and don't be penalised. Um, which I think, to some degree, is is yeah. I think in, I mean I, because I I didn't used to always race with the radar. You know, because you can put the radar on and you can see where people are, um, and that can that can certainly help when when you know that someone's going to try and dive bomb you. Uh, because I, I had that on Monday with uh, somebody dive bombing with Laguna Seca. Um, so that that can be quite a thing, but um, but I think you, if you can just you know because I, I remember Super GT talking about this when you're behind say two drivers that are crashing into each other all the time and you kind of know there's going to be a lot of friction. If you can somehow you know keep up with them but avoid them at the same time, then they're probably going to go off. Um, and if you just keep your corners right, you should be able to get past them without having any trouble. You had this on Monday. Um, there was three cars ahead of you you were catching them up quickly because they were messing around trying to take each other off almost on purpose it was obvious to me that they were just smacking into each other the uh, trouble is, is that as you were catching them up so quickly and you uh, i think is approaching the court screw hmm. they just nearly stopped dead in the road and you, you punched yeah. one at the rear end there's nothing you could have done about that yeah, uh, yeah that's it. if you end up getting a penalty because of that that's why i was asking john is it does the computer think that you are brake testing somebody or well that's right and that's what uh, keith said in the chat actually is that people are hitting you at the back is it penalizing you for going too slow into a corner but that's pretty subjective really because who knows what's going on ahead of you if you're following two people who are having a close battle you're going to go a little bit slower into the corner because you're a bit concerned that they may block the track or maybe they are going slower because they're having a battle and you get hit from behind I mean, if you go in slow, you get you, and, and take a late apex, you've got a, some chance of getting a better drive out the next down the next straight, or you can you can go in slow to to block the people behind you so they can't overtake you. This is all tactics in racing. They can't penalise you for suddenly. I mean, violently breaking on the on the racing lines one thing. Going in a bit slower to keep people behind. Uh, it's the problem they have in British touring cars when you, they'll smash no, someone the rear end. Yeah wheel drive that sends them out and then they just get past it's, it's bumper cars it's dodging hopefully them. the new the new ps5 will have more powerful ai so it can perhaps have a slightly better um penalty system perhaps maybe they're trialing a new algorithm on the last of the gt sport before introducing gt7 i don't know well, they've, the they've changed something that's for sure garbage in garbage out isn't it it's only as good as the programmer if, if, yeah. if, if they they can't find a way of describing two to the um you know the program yeah, to make it all to make it work uh keith was saying i'm happy that there is a penalty system though at least and and he'll take it as that because on some games it is kind of crazy and um, like forza you know they just pile on and crash into you i know they've done different things with penalty systems recently but we used to watch the old forza games with super gt because they were hilarious because of the crashes and all the kind of stuff that happened and people coming straight for you, um, you know, when you when you were ramming them uh, or different things, so they would they would just come right at you. But I decided that yesterday I would I would I had to go on my other my kind of third account, um, which is quite fun. I know different accounts on these things, um, and I had to go at Maggiore, which went some good races there, but also the the Laguna Seca and the nine eleven. And I have to say that was great fun. I, I just really like that track because it, it demands you know your best efforts, um, and if you can get it right, if you can just try and put the corners together. Um, it's really satisfying and and uh, it's good fun because also the the the, the kind of uh, the desert all around is crazy so if you go off that's you kind of for miles off you know uh, but we had some really really good races 
Um, and even starting at the back was quite fun. Yeah, yeah. The challenge was how far could you get? Because um, I wasn't under any pressure to try and you know get to the front. Um, and I won, at one point I started about 11th and I got up to third place and then I got rammed. And I, and I, I think I finished <laughs> eighth. Um, but I was, I mean, you know, I was, it, was, it was quite a good lobby overall um, without all of that. Um, but no, so I think it's a great challenge and I think people really like that. So I hope they do. Um, Laguna Seca is just a great race. A great racetrack, and it's uh, one of my favourites. It's, it's a technical track, isn't it? Because you need to be in the right place. It's like the corkscrew. Because I wanted to ask you a question about this, um, and oh. and it's I just don't want you to think I'm criticising your racing because that's not what I'm doing at all. The corkscrew's got a got a, a much wider line than most people seem to think it needs. You know, yeah. I, see, I was watching Taya do uh, uh, an endurance race. Two, oh yeah. I actually came third in that one. I was the one she did quite yes, well. They did really, really well. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the name of the, the partner that she was driving with, but she used to take this um, narrower line, and then a partner would take to give it a correct line, which is you turning later so that you don't understeer through. Yeah, the, I, I knew I wasn't doing it right. I knew I wasn't doing it right. But the thing is, the, the question that I wanted to ask you is because it would it would have been easy for me to sit and go, "Oh, I've taken the wrong line there," but that's. I don't know what, how intuitive the input of the steering wheel is, if that makes any sense. You know, the, the, the worry I have with all of these games is that if in a real car, I would be able to edge my way out. If you're on the edge, it's more, it's more difficult. Hmm. How accurately can you place the car in that game? Is it? I think it's really straightforward. I think the, the, the key thing is you have to concentrate on your own race. And when you have lots of other cars around you, the mistake is either you don't always see your braking points, you you know, because it, depending what viewpoint as well you've got from the car, I sit with the with the dials on, so that that makes it maybe not as easy, or maybe not. Some people like to have it in front of the bonnet, so they're a wee bit higher up, so that maybe they can just see a little bit better. Um, but yeah, no, I, I admit that was uh, that the, the corkscrew was was uh, a bit there where I thought no, because you get a right kick and then it goes into the into the corkscrew itself. Yeah. And because I noticed that you had the line on and you were hitting the first line marker, but then the kink continues to the right. And the natural thing to do is what you and most other people were doing, which was heading for the corner then instead of staying wide and then zipping in. The trouble mm. is, of course, as you were saying, you've got three people behind you trying to punt you off the circuit. And if you go a little bit wide into that corner, and they try to come up the inside because they think, oh, a gap, bang. Yeah. The fact is, is that if they carried on that line in a real it, with, with no one else around, they just go straight on and end up going straight across the class too. Down the down, you know. Yeah. Some good points there by in exile. Um, just I think she's going to head off there, but uh, yeah, good to good to see you there. Um, get uh, back to work in Australia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, good to have you there, James. And he was learning to read other drivers is important and quickly identifying other style. Yeah and driving accordingly. One can learn and successfully force blockers into simple mistakes. And that's definitely I one think that's, that, that's, yeah. that's so important. It's not something you can teach either. It's something you just, it's the same on the road. You know, when you, yeah. if you're driving on the road on your car, sometimes you can see someone in the middle lane and they haven't indicated, but it's almost like car body language. About kind of the look in the mirror and you, they, you know what I mean? Yes, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. yeah. I've always yeah. had a skill of being able to tell the number of accidents I've avoided of other people because there's just some sixth yeah. sense. And it's not a sixth sense. It's it's a, an internal processing of stuff. <laughs> you know, the yeah. things that person is doing in their car and you go, they're going to cut straight across <laughs> three lanes right yeah. now. And 
perform, they do. So you anticipate and you break. And the people that drive, this is why I hate tailgaters. It's not because it's not just because they're within the thinking distance and they're so stupid to think their carbon fiber brakes would actually be used before they smash into your rear. It's also because you're not giving yourself any time to react to any kind of weird thing going on. Yeah. Um, but then, okay, I'm in a I'm in a metal coffin, as us motorcyclists like to call it. I'm fine. But yeah, absolutely. It's the difference between the Verstappen's, the Clark's. The um, <clears throat> what's his name? Hamilton, that's him. Ricardo's of this world and the Grosjeans, and and probably Albon because Albon seems to be quite fighting mm. that kind of thing. Though not all, not I don't think he's, he's up to the standard of the best because he keeps blaming other people when he puts himself in a position to be hit. Oh, they yeah. took me off. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> The guy yeah, who the type of move, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a kind of world champion taken on the outside of that corner who was going very fast and doesn't want you to get past him may oversteer into you or now, understeer into you. You might be able to answer this question, Andrew. Me, is um, Grosjean retiring at the end of the year? Because I heard a rumor that Grosjean had announced his retirement at the end of the year. But I, I don't know. There is rumours that Haas are going to have all new driver lineup, which is Hulkenberg to go. Hulkenberg and uh, yeah, yeah, I wonder. Imagine Hulkenberg and Perez back. There is. Well, it could be quite an interesting tie-up, actually. To be fair, Hulkenberg will get paid with it, and they'll both be quite <laughs> fat because they well, they were kind of like that's uh, true. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And you kind of feel Hulkenberg deserved a little bit more time. He definitely deserved, you know, another chance to to get up there. I sent a tweet to that idiot Julian Palmer, who I think is as thick as two short planks. He's such an idiot. This is the guy that said, I don't understand why you get broken limbs on a motorbike in gravel. I wanted to jump through the Radio 5 and slap him around the face. <laughs> you know, it, it's clueless. I mean, seriously clueless. He's got a degree, you know. Um, anyway, he... He used to be his teammate, this kind of stuff. And uh, I think Jalen Palmer's got a bit of a problem with his own at Lego, talking about how he was always beaten by Hulkenberg and he had a big ego and all this kind of stuff. But I've noticed over Hulkenberg's career, there's been a few times when he's done seriously well. I mean, yeah. much better than, than his normal, fairly good driving. He's kind of yeah. shown his real... The measure like, poor position in Brazil, was it not? I think it was poor position in in his first season, which was wet, but still in the wet, you can see real car control. And it was in a slower car. Yeah, yeah. But when he won Le Mans, he came back and was like a different driver for a couple of three weeks. Yeah, yeah. And that's definitely. Psychology of it's always fascinated me this kind of the confidence, you know, that you believe yourself. Hakkinen. Hakkinen was super fast, had a massive accident, lost all of his confidence. Got gifted the win by Coulthard, different guy, two times world champion, fast as anything. Couldn't overtake the toffee, but he was fast. Apart uh, from the one in Belgium when he overtook Schumacher. Oh, most amazing overtakes. The only one he ever did. <laughs> if he was lower than third, he gave up and went on board now. Would you like? I, I thought, by the way, I absolutely adore Hacker. He's so funny. Especially when he thought James May how to race, how to go, how to rally drive. That was, yes. very, that was very good. Yeah. He's finished. He's got all that dry, introverted, sarcastic humour that all the best finished racing drivers have. Love him. 
fantastic. That little wry smile he does. Now, I thought I would save the best overtaking story, or I think certainly it's quite a good overtaking story, um, till last. Now, Jonathan, how many overtakes can you remember me doing? That These are not actually on track, to be fair. <laughs> these were on the road. That, um, that would be that would say that you might think were significant. <laughs> oh, I don't know. The potential for it wrong um, would be quite high. <laughs> There's been so many... Well, I mean, yeah, throughout us growing up, some of your manoeuvres have been phenomenal, shall we just say. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, if you'd had dash cam footage, you could have an entire YouTube oh, video I'd just be, of I'd your manoeuvres around Edinburgh. It'd be 100 million views on YouTube. Yeah, you would, you would be. Well, you'd very probably be in jail, actually. But I mean, it, 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 but you'd be rich in jail. I yeah, could afford the bill. Keep the, uh, keep the uh, proceeds. <laughs> Which particular lunatic manoeuvre are you just talking about? I think it was the one with the BP petrol tanker. <laughs> going down Sutra. Oh, right. Well, I wasn't in the car then, but I remember you ringing me up afterwards. Yes. Well, allegedly. A long time ago. <laughs> allegedly. Somebody who may or may not be present. Yeah. <laughs> it was, so it was a young boy it. called Hugh. Yeah. <laughs> it was a young man called Fat Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> on a man we may know. Yeah. <laughs> I was driving this car going down to the Scottish borders. Um and I there was a big queue, it was the summertime, and I thought I would I was I wanted to get past and get home. Um and uh, so I managed to overtake about ten cars between Edinburgh and this particular section of road. Um and then I'd got to the front of the queue and the, the only vehicle that was left in in front was a BP petrol tanker. Now it was at the time when the tankers didn't have the bars on the sides. Now, you might think, why am I telling you that they have bars on the sides? Because um, this would be a significant kind of life-saving uh, feature. Because um, now they have to have bars on the sides. And I think it was probably introduced <laughs> after my near miss. And uh, so I was coming down the road and I thought, great, it's clear. I'd been to Specsavers. I had my glasses on. I could see them when they were coming. And uh, <laughs> I pulled out and I started my overtake. Now, there wasn't an awful lot of power in a 1.1 PS to 5 speed from 1986. Um, I think about 50 horsepower. But I got about halfway along the lorry, where, to my horror, um, somebody had pulled out of a driveway on the other side of the road. And he hadn't looked at all, and he had turned left, and he was coming straight towards me. And he had pulled up at quite a lot of speed, and I thought, well, he might maybe try and go on the pavement to avoid me. But no, no, he was going. And, of course, I'm still overtaking this lorry at the time. So the only thing I thought I could do um, was to slow down a little bit, but the, there was obviously a line of traffic behind the lorry, so there was no way I could kind of fit back in um, in the front of the queue. So I had to actually go between the rear wheels of the lorry, and it was a three-wheeler lorry at the back. You know, I had three sets of big wheels at the back and then two wheels at the front. And I managed to get my little Fiesta between the rear wheels and the front wheels of the lorry and come as close as I could in. Now, it was one of these ones, you know, it had the oval side, so it was kind of cut in a bit, so you could bring the car in a wee bit. And uh, so I managed to get it as close as I could, and I remember it because, uh, thankfully, the lorry driver kept at the same speed. And the sign, the only sign I could see was flammable. <laughs> when I looked to the left, <laughs> and I was absolutely true. Um, and then <laughs> there it was. Anyway, then the car, the car went past me the other way. And this was all done in, of course, in a, in a few seconds. 
Um, and uh, and then I came back out, and thankfully there was nothing else coming up. I was running else coming up, finished um, on this bit. And then I overtook the lorry and, and went on the way up the hill. And the thing is, I got up the hill, and, and you know the lorry. I think he must have slowed down after I overtook him, uh, because it was quite a quite an experience. Um, and I had visions because there was an old farm park on the other side, and I thought if that had gone wrong, we would have ended up flying off into the farm park, and they would have been burning chickens and everything else, you know, <laughs> at the end of it. So off, off we went. And I remember um, when I got to the top of the hill, my heart started beating away, and I thought, my goodness, you, what have you done? You know, what, what kind of move was that? Um, and I rem and when I finally got home, and uh, it was uh, I, I remember getting home. The first person I phoned when, my, when I realised my mother was not in the in the house, so she was in the garden, so she wouldn't hear. Um, it was you, so that I phoned yeah. you to say I've just had the most incredible driving manoeuvre of my life, yeah. um, and uh, you said what happened, you know. <laughs> well, we used to ring each other quite a lot with stories when we'd done something ridiculous in the car. We probably felt rather bad about it and a little bit nervous, so we wanted. To each other to tell each other it's fine these things happen it's like one of these absolute lunacy moves my one of my favorite stories when we took your old vw polo that old a regin you got the 1983 oh, yeah. Car, yeah and it had a, a fuel a hole in the fuel tank about a third of the way or no two thirds of the way up so you only have a half a tank in all the fuel will just pour out the tank through the hole in the tank so, but then oh, we were getting along and around a bit there was a slight amount of fuel in that car because of the fuel leaks um <laughs> But the exhaust just came off and it got jammed under it. And there was just sparks flying out the back of the car as we got to Del Keith on the way out of Edinburgh. And I said, Hugh, stop, stop. I can smell fuel and all I can see behind is flames. <laughs> so we stopped. You were like, oh, not, you're like, not, not again, not again. And we just we went for it to cool down and we just pulled the exhaust off. And the fuel was kind of dripping and these sparks and stuff and it was raw, kind of red hot molten metal and we just threw the exhaust in the boot and we just drove off it was just, <laughs> we're in a bomb i mean we're driving a vw bomb at least we didn't litter we didn't litter the fso where the gearbox exploded and also yeah, way before the gearbox exploded i went to for an interview at edinburgh university uh, and I was and this was the day after I'd passed my driving test. So, <clears throat> I wasn't always as sensible. So we're going up the M6 in a 1.5 litre episode Polonaise with my fiance at the time and my ex best friend Rob. And what did he got? We got. Onto the A road, I don't know which A road it was, going across to Edinburgh or that side. Mm -hmm. He asked me to stop the car, got out, and said, If you keep driving that fast, I'll be walking from here. You only passed your test yesterday. Because I'd been driving for like four, three years at that point, just on L plate. And I'd driven a lot. <laughs> I've been a lot of dual carriageways. It wasn't my first motorway. In fact, within, I took the car. To my, back to where I was living that night after driving about 50 miles up and down the M62 from Huddersfield because so, I wanted some practice in the quiet. How fast would an FSO go? That's the thing. On the clock? On the motor. Well, I, I don't know, obviously, for legal reasons. However, I believe you, <laughs> it was possible to register 105 miles an hour on that speedometer, which wouldn't be accurate, but isn't bad 
Ricard. Yeah, I'm not sure. Early 70s with a fit one, two, four. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've, got, we've got a great question here. A great question here from, from Look at the Sim Hub. If you guys could have an experience day at any track with any car, what would you pick and why? That's a good one, isn't it? Oh, in Spa. And that it is good. That's an excellent question. One of two cars, if not both. I would like both, but one of two cars. Either the McLaren F1 or the McLaren P1 or both. And it would be at Spa. No other circuit in the world will do. It's got to be Spa. My favourite circuit. That's pretty I mean, the F1, I suppose it'd have to be the F1. And if I couldn't get the F1, the P1, but I'd rather have both. That is a good one. Um, Jonathan, what about you? Sorry to jump in there, but I knew yeah, the well, I'm, I'm going to go for whichever track is in somewhere really hot, like California. It's really hot at the minute. It's on fire. But um, is Laguna Seca, is that in California somewhere, is it? Somewhere over there anyway. So I take a track. Laguna Seca is a hot part of America anyway. Let's go. Florida. Well, that that would work too. Somewhere nice. Yeah, we could do. Yeah, yeah. Laguna Seca. Let's say in an F1 car. I think a nineteen ninety Mansell's ninety three Williams at Laguna Seca. That, there we go. That quite, yeah, that is a tough track because it's not Northern really California. California. There we go. You've had the experience of driving something with a single seater, and you're you're a little bit short than me. Oh, good evening, Luffy. Don't worry, we're still going. We're still going strong. You're always welcome. And, of course, to all our viewers, you're all welcome. It's great to have you with us. We're talking about, we've been asked the question, what track and racing circuit, um, if we could ever do any car and any track, where would we go? Now, I'm thinking I would love to do the F1 Renault experience that some of the YouTubers have been lucky enough to do, um, where they get a detuned Renault F1 with a V8 engine. And normally they've done it in, in uh, Paul Ricard, which I would not want to go around because um, I'm really not particularly keen on that circuit at all. Um, I think I would like to do Abu Dhabi. I think uh, I think that's what... But I don't know if I want to do it at night or, or the kind of sun. Yeah. I, th I think maybe maybe just on a nice bright sunny day would be would be, would be be absolutely fine. But on the full track. Oil to death. Yeah, but there's something quite special about... But I like that circuit. I think the, the, the marina, the whole thing, um, I think that would be incredible. Um, so I think I would be very cool in a Renault F1 experience car um, in the V8. That's what I would quite like. I think that would be go there in January when it's snowing in Scotland and you've got that beautiful sunsets over the uh, over the uh, Middle East. That would be really yeah. cool. Yeah, I think. And then you, you can go swimming. Oh, I think that. What is it? <laughs> when, uh, water. Swimming. Yeah. Warm water. Yeah. Warm water. But, um, oh, but, yeah. I'll come and watch, right? You do the driving and then I'll go swimming. After, All right. Now, Shortmaster is saying I, a 24-hour endurance in supercars like Bugatti and Koenigseggs. Oh, Koenigseggs, That would be. Now, would that be for, in other words, doing a, a, yes, a car and track? Um, or would that be for our, our lead race? Because that's... That could be an interesting one. For two. Get the eggs, eggs, eggs. I, I, don't the, I don't think the league race could be 24 hours, Hugh. I think I, I can't stay up that long. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, well, I might have a chance of winning. It's only for hours at a time and then they have to restart. Oh, that's, um, that's what Rory was saying the other day. 
I mean, no, that would be that would be something. Um, and look at it um, as an Aussie. I would say Bathurst in a V8 supercar. Actually, that, that would be that would be yeah. pretty. Yeah, Bathurst got a nice sort of as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, there's so many great. I mean, it's hard to have Philip one Island thing. as well. I've seen Philip Island quite a few times with Rossi winning there. Good old Valentino. Yeah, yeah. How about Donington Park? Um, in an Alfa Romeo 155 touring cars like Tarcuni and like, the ones that he raced way back in 94 and things like that. I think that would be quite quite fun. i tell you what I'd like to drive. If we're going to go to, to old-fashioned, oldie-fashioned touring cars, I quite fancy the 850 T5. Yeah, that was a... that. Similarly, the new game is going to have that. That new touring car game is going to, is going to have... Hey, you've got to get the noise right because if, if it's not that five-cylinder, it's just going to sound rubbish. It's just... Yeah, no, that was a very distinctive, very distinctive noise indeed. Well, they bought yeah. it out because Audi's twenty years on the patent because they invented the fossil. Uh, yeah, it should be, it should be running out. So right. they kind of sold it. They got a bit of money up front, and um, they sold it to Volvo and well, sold it to Volvo. I don't know whether Fiat bought it or whether they designed their own. Ah, because yeah, Fiat had a five-cylinder as well at that time, didn't they? they? It's a nice little car that Fiat Coupe. It's the yeah. only car my wife said I looked good in. I think it's in compliments <laughs> So uh, well, we better before sorry, we sorry, I'm being cruel. That bitch. Before we, before we finish on Andrew's <laughs> relationship experiences, yeah. Um, I better let everyone know about our big uh, announcements of the next few weeks. Now, on this Saturday coming, oh, I'm what? going to be I'm going to be interviewing Annie, oh. aka Snail Racing. That's right, another female racing driver and sim racer and that will be done in the morning now unfortunately we can't do it live it's going to be recorded but i'll put it up onto youtube and on saturday afternoon so that's one to watch out for uh, and also as you see on the screen there david perel that's right he's coming on the show on the first of october at nine o'clock so he'll be here for our live show answering your questions and we're going to have a special piece of one of his bits of merchandise to give away on the show so make sure you tell all your friends share it out let the sim community know that David Perel is coming on the car sim and race driver show. Is it a forced feedback steering Sorry? Is it forced feedback steering wheel? I just wonder. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. No reason at all. <laughs> you do get forced feedback on a, on a sim racer, on, a, on, a, on the pedal. I know. Board. I was looking up after I had that conversation earlier. I had a look, and there's a really nice Logitech G9. 293, 923, whatever, something that looks really good, but it's like 400 quid. So. Oh, it is a thing. Now, here's one that you'll like, Andrew. Loopy Racing, I said, the Isle of Man with a superbike. <gasps> like oh, one of my favourite rallies ever was Ali Vartanen doing the Manx Rally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it, this fantastic bit, you look at it up on YouTube. Ali Vartanen is in uh, an Opel Manta GTE back in the day, proper cars. Yeah. <laughs> So nice. Back in the days when four cylinders sounded good instead of like an asthmatic fart, yeah. and it, he's parrying, he's doing some like 120, 100 to 130 mile an hour down these roads, drop on this side with the dry stone wall, and he, he takes a corner a little bit too tight, slaps the back end, starts fishtailing. No tank slappers, gently fishtailing at a, over 100 mile an hour towards a cattle grid. With two metal fences like this, and the fences go that all metal. All you see, you got the, <laughs> you got 
the co-driver go. He looks up <laughs> while he's doing this. Dear God, <laughs> that's all he got. And then he goes. Uh, um, um, <laughs> on YouTube. Fantastic! It would have sliced the car in twain. <laughs> just per- just fantastic car control, and it had burst about tire hitting the wall and burst about tire. He could car control at over hundred mm. an hour, gently fishtailing through this little gap. <laughs> yeah. See, that's <laughs> a car you think about reintroduce. You know, a new version of the Opel Manta. But what do we get? We get the, what was that horrendous three door that they did? Oh, that it was so bad, and they, they've dropped it now. Um, uh, no, the, that wasn't great. But the the um, oh, the, you know that tiny little car that they did up until we violent about a year ago. The Tigra. Um, Tigra. Yeah, they, well, the Tigra was bad, but the, which was the Vauxhall Corsa with a bit of with, with less torque. Yeah, um, but you know they, they they that horrendous. It was not the Arosa. No, it's not, it's that one. Oh, begin with an A. It was the um, it was a very basic oh, kind of three door. It was the kind of compete with the minis and the Fiat Five Hundred. Ah, um, the Vauxhall Abysmal. Yeah, the Vauxhall Abysmal. <laughs> 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 the, the Abysmal LX. You know, LXS with electric windows. You no longer have to wind them down yourself. Nobody's had to do that for years. You know, but uh, yeah, I mean, what a history! You got things like Opel Mantas with you know all of that. And then they bring out, they bring What's out. What's the earliest Vauxhall you can remember? The Vauxhall Viva. Yes, same as me. And it was a green one. And it was my one of my big brother's best mates, Vinnie Greens. And it was a 1.3. And I remember sitting in, and they had that smell of leather, because it was leather in those days, wasn't it? It was actually yeah. leather. Yeah. And Vauxhall Chevettes as well, because oh, I mean, he, and he, said, he didn't know why, well, actually said it was appropriately called the Chevette, but he used to call it a Chevet. Because that's all we were able to do is to shove around as it would stop and stall and break down. Guy that I used to live with in Huddersfield when I was doing my degree had one. And it, you know, popped along nicely. And then you get the rally version with the Magnum engine in it, 2.3. That's 250, 300 horsepower. What? It had a live axle. It was a terrible car. And it's just like they just put a massive engine in the front for Ah. Britain, you know. (laughs) <laughs> it's superb. But the best one is remember the Talbot Sunbeam and the Horizon? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, obviously, the Lotus Sunbeam is a very special car. A 2.2 litre engine there. When I lived in Germany, I used to go to the American base there a lot. I had a lot of American friends in the army. And one of them had this car that he absolutely hated because it was this horrible, cheap American car. You know, a car that an American wouldn't normally buy, but it's kind of like it was cheap and that they do. Yeah. because, And it was the Chevy Chevelle. Which was it was injection with an automatic gearbox and the ugliest lights you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> you know, like seventies American lights and eighties yeah. American lights, where they went style. We don't yeah. need none of that. Make them square. It's the kind of car they'd have on um, on the uh, was it on Chevy Chase's kind of. Uh, Christmas adventure or something, or you know, those kind of the, yeah, the where everything's gonna go wrong and everyone hates the car. Yeah, that's the kind of thing. Yeah, we have a... I'd like to point out to our American viewers I don't hate American cars, I really like American cars. There's just there was this period in the 70s and 80s, early 90s, where they just went, really? <laughs> <laughs> We can't bother, Mark. 
you know, these are the people that came up with some beautiful, incredibly mad cars ever in the 50s, well, 40s, 50s, 60s. Yeah. I mean, there's Stephen a reason why we all love bullets. And it's not only Steve McQueen. No, it's quite a lot of Steve McQueen. Uh, you know, he's, he's burning the brakes out in San Francisco the, on an iconic car. The term land wheel was that was coming, that came from American cars, wasn't it? The big old limousines, you know, those kind of Lincoln. The front wheel driver that made of plastic. Blamange <laughs> instead of suspension. Come on. That was the thing. Right. Right. I'm going to have to drop out now because I've got to go and do a, a real simulator tomorrow and I've got to get up super early. So I'll, okay. I shall dive out for now, but it's been great, great fun. And, yeah. uh, and sure. enjoy, enjoy, the, enjoy the rest of the show. Take care, guys. Take care, John. Hi to say. There we are. Well, it's just the two of us left. Well, that's before, good, but lots of viewers, which is fantastic. So, now, the short master said he was very impressed that Top Gear was able to race a Bentley Continental in a rally stage. Now, that, that was pretty pretty good, actually. But modern cars, though, can do an awful lot more than you think. You know, I mean, that's especially the incredible. The yeah, these incredible hypercars. But probably on that note, we will call it a day. As uh, it's, we've been going for well over an hour and 10 minutes, which is fantastic. But a big thank you to all our viewers and listeners who'll be watching tonight and who's been listening on the podcast as well. Um, it's uh, a preview of the Racing League commentary. In you have no idea. Yeah, that is going to be, that will be fun. And listen to some of the stuff we got up to when we were, <laughs> yeah, when we were reviewing the F1 races. Of course, all the videos that you see here, many, most of them are all available on Podbean as well as podcasts. Um, so it's it's uh, very easy to get a hold of them. Um, and of course, we'll have Annie from Snail Racing uh, on Saturday. We'll put that up on Saturday afternoon. And in Not two weeks' time, we'll have David Perel. And I'm hoping as well to have Jeff Colclough, who of course is uh, Thea's uh, fiancé. Um, he has agreed to come on the show as well. So we will have him on the show. I, I'm not sure if it'll be in a week's time, but we'll do our best. For me, I'll join you on that one. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> Without looking too awkward, you've been watching the Car Sim and Race Driver Show with me, Hugh Hattrick, with Andrew Marr, and of course Jonathan Sarland, who's had to head up, head back, and do some work. But I'll let you finish the show, Andrew, with our famous motto: Oh, drive fast and try not to crash. Instead, win at the first corner. Take care. See you all very soon. Bye just now. Bye.